Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Okay. Brothers, sisters, siblings, welcome to Penn Sunday School. I'm Matt Donnelly, and of course, we have Andro here. Yeah, I'm here. This is a bank episode. We're recording with, with Andro while he's here in town, getting as much knowledge and wisdom and life stories out of him as possible so that we can all be better people. Here he is, preaching the love, Pendulette. Preaching love with my good, good friend, Andro. Uh, and of course, Matt Donnelly, another one of my two of my good friends. It's you know, to, if, you, if you feel guilty and you don't, don't bring me in, was it for pity? Was okay, it for pity? Right. It was just the truth, just the truth. <laughs> and uh, Hondo's here. We. Uh, what's interesting, maybe, is that while we're doing this as a bank show, yes, we might use this the week that we are actually performing in Valencia. Wow! So there you go. One of the reasons we need these bank shows. It's because of that. Going to Valencia to do a show. Yeah. Maybe we are having a great success. Maybe. Or a great failure. Yeah. Yeah. It's maybe interesting. Maybe it'll be so weird that you said my great, great friend Hondro after you had such a fiery, angry battle <laughs> in rehearsals where you... Yeah. That, boy, it's an important recording because uh, <laughs> here they are talking, whereas it was that Saturday night that Hondro killed Pet on stage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, it's fortunate that Penn was American or Hondra would have gone to prison. Because <laughs> they've got that rule where you can kill Americans. In Spain, yes. Yeah. yeah. So here you are, uh, Hondro. You are working with Penn and Teller. Yeah. And we're writing bits for the, uh, yeah. for the next season to fool us. You are one of the very, 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 very few people, mm-hmm. the only one mm-hmm. who's actually written uh, bits for Penn and Teller that uh-huh. go into the show very close to how you wrote them. We, we make changes, mm-hmm. but, but, uh, some, we made a lot of changes, but some, we made few and you've written those and put them in the show. You're the only one. Oh, and others, uh, others try, you know, we've had <laughs> other people give us, uh, bits and they don't seem to have an understanding, but you are, uh, just uh, fabulous at understanding the Penn and Teller stuff. And of course your knowledge of magic is so, um, so overwhelming. You just know you just know so much about it. So when you go back to Spain yeah. and they say, "What the fuck were you doing over in the USA?" What do you tell them? Playing with a drone. <laughs> <laughs> I say I have fun. We think ideas. We eat. <laughs> yes, and have fun. That's I'd, what I say. I'd say it's, it's been around Hondro working with you. I think one thing is fascinating is that Hondro builds his own props and builds his own stuff. And he so, does. He gets all crafty on us. Yeah. He'll ask for a popsicle stick and two magnets <laughs> and some glue and bingo. And I think like that's like working with your team that he he's not just some highfalutin consultant just barking out, you know, moving heaven and earth. He'll then turn to Nate and other people to kind of just put 
put this on this and just put this on this and put it here. And he'll often participate in, in the, trying to construct things. For because I think if you try to build your mockups, you say the, yeah. the first things, you you organize also your bra your brain and you see if you are going in the right direction or not. <laughs> And and for me it helps because sometimes I see the problem or I found a different way to go, mm -hmm. so it helps. Doesn't help me at all. Yeah. <laughs> for me, yes. For me, a lot, a lot. But you know, I, I you can really see that the Penn and Teller organization we have different roles. Yes, of course. You know, I I work. I still don't know yours. I don't know your role, <laughs> but but I've seen the rest. <laughs> everybody else, everybody else is working. Yeah. But you can't tell yeah. what I'm doing. I guess you are the meditation gay guy <laughs> there <laughs> because the others do things and you are there. I sit. Yeah. I sit. Yeah. I bring a certain calm to the group. Yes. But yeah, everyone has a different thing to do. And I never asked you this, um, but do you have any other skills besides magic? <laughs> I mean, you, you like, like me, you went into show business young, right? Yes, yes. Uh, I, I, it's the only thing I know how to do, mm -hmm. or not. But it's the only thing. It's the only thing. No, I do comedy, magic, write. Uh, mm -hmm. all, all for me, it's all the same. Mm -hmm, sure, all, all the same. And so when they tell me, what, what do you do for a living? I don't know what I have to show answer. Showbiz. Yeah, showbiz. Yeah. In Spain, it's strange to say that. So when they ask me what 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 do you do, I I don't know, I don't have an answer. You know, just trying to get an understanding of uh, the United States is so goddamn big. Yeah. You know, but someone like Fido. Yeah. Who is now your good friend? Mm -hmm. uh, Fido's kind of the very close to a uh, Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. In Spain. Now, does Fido play South America? I don't know. Maybe he has because many, many rock stars from Spain have gone mm -hmm. there. Yeah, but uh, but not not the U.S. Because I've invited yeah. him to your to your house. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yes, I told him, but he he doesn't want to come here. Does he have a thing against the United States? No, no. But the language, the language. Mm -hmm. But I told him. Ben invites you to his house and sure. say thank you, thank you. But uh, what do I do in Vegas? <laughs> Now, what I'm thinking of is to be, he is the biggest music star in uh, Spain now? For me, yes. I mean, uh, of the old school, maybe. Mm -hmm. You know, now we have other rhythms and younger people. But mm -hmm. from the old ones, one of the, at least I think he's one of the most that people love him. Yeah. Very similar to Springsteen. Yeah. Is his name Raul? What is the name? Fito. Fito. Fito and Fitipaldis, it's the group. Yeah. Fito and the Fitipaldis? Yeah, it's an it, it it's good, eh? All right. Yeah. <laughs> so good. You know, I talked about that a lot on the show. Yeah. How, how 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 incredibly impressed I was with the show. And how uh you don't usually have that good a rock and roll based in kindness. Wow. It just doesn't happen. I I, I saw this the show twice, uh -huh. one with you the first time, mm -hmm. and then I went with my family and he continued kissing everyone and giving hugs, and it you know, wow, it was great. Yeah, he's he's so so pleasant and so sweet. And I I I think from what I've read and listened to his records, has a rather rough background. Yes, but kind of rose above that. 
Yes, uh, drugs. And you could see him as a guy would play it as a tough guy and an asshole, but he came out of the way. He came out another way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a way that kind of nobody else did yes. in rock and roll. Yes, came out of, came out of beautiful. Way. But what I'm saying is, you can be a superstar just in Spain. I. No, a person. Ah. A person can be a superstar just in Spain. Even though Spain is so much smaller than the U.S., uh -huh. it can certainly support mm -hmm. superstars that don't play outside of Spain, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, Hondro can play stadiums. I like until 1,000 people. Mm -hmm. That's because if not for me, I need people near near me. Uh -huh. I don't, I'm not comfortable in, in big, in big uh, areas. So, theater. So the world has been kind to you. Yeah, very kind, very kind, very kind. But I, I don't do stadiums I, because I don't do illusions. I don't do, uh, I do comedy and I, I want the people to be very near. I don't like people to see me on the screen if they are alive. Yep. Yeah. But uh, what I'm, I was going for a different place there. So Fido, yeah. who plays stadiums yes. <laughs> of 15 or 20,000, yeah. Taylor Swift tours the whole world. Every place. And most people tour like all of Europe. But Fido seems to be a superstar in, in Spain, Spain. Yeah. Which is which is pretty great. Uh because he's a like a national treasure in Spain. Yes. And works all the time in Spain. Yes. And yet does not does he play France? Does he play I I, I don't think so. I will search, but I don't think he mm. goes uh, maybe South America, but not uh, Europe. Yeah, that's kinda nice. And now he could do big stadiums, but now he's doing the small theaters because mm -hmm. he he loves music. Yeah. He, he doesn't do it just for the money like others. He does it for the people, for the fans. And wow, that's great. Yeah, so many people um, seem to lose interest in what they love and don't really hold on to it. And it's nice that uh, Fido's really seems to enjoy playing music. Yes, yes. I, but not, not only Fito, I think... There are people that performers that they love performing, mm -hmm. uh, and there are others that love uh, only the money of mm -hmm. performing. So yeah. that's the difference that you feel with Fito. When we saw him, it was the first concert in I the know. in the. So they had you know technical problems. They did the the, the year. Monitors, yeah. yeah, but uh, people noticed it and they, that make us love him more. Mm -hmm. Other one would have got. Very angry, you know, uh, and and Fito just went. Well, to you know, I said this before. But we went backstage, yeah, and uh, stagehands, yes, you know, stagehands are saying, and, and this is mind blowing, man. Stagehands are saying to us, they've been working there for thirty years, never saw a band treated better and happier. Yeah. Wow, they said they come in every day rehearsing. Everybody's it's like a family. Yes. They couldn't get over it. The stagehand said, not once was there an unkind word spoken by anyone in the band to anyone else. Yeah, yeah. They were there for a week. Yes, yes. I mean, you can't even believe that, right? It's just... No, I mean, it's literally like, that's actually like, it's so, it's just like, it's anti-music culture. Yeah, yes, exactly. totally, totally. That's why Ben didn't believe what he was seeing on stage. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because like, bands fighting is like all we talk about or right, care about. right. Whether you're talking about like Don Henley. And even someone who's a working class person like Bruce Springsteen, who that's his image, <laughs> does not treat his crew particularly well. 
I, I mean, that's, I've, yeah, I've heard all different stories. And I tell, I, I tell this story a lot, but it's, yeah. it's, uh, it's, it, it was a really important moment to me when I saw Springsteen do one of the stadium shows. He finished with his, uh, with his guitar, yeah. took it off and threw it mm-hmm. to a stagehand who was probably yeah. 10 yards away. And it, it was a really bad throw. <laughs> and the stagehand was like diving for it. And Springsteen was furious. Now he could have been furious at his bad throw, yeah. But it looked like he was furious at the stagehand for not catching it, yeah. And I was in the audience going, "Excuse me," as a professional juggler, yeah. which I was at the time. That was a bad throw, yeah. It was not yeah. the person catching it that was problems. Wow. Yeah. And in Spain, are you allowed to uh, object in the middle of a concert and say, "Excuse me," and have the whole? <laughs> <laughs> yes, of course. We are very polite. <laughs> <laughs> now. Uh, this just crossed my mind when I was talking about throwing things off stage. Ricciardi? Ricciardi. Ricciardi? The, the, the magician. The magician, Ricciardi and Ricciardi Jr. Yeah, were they from Spain? Mm, I don't think if they if they were Italian, I don't know, okay. or Argentinian maybe, but they were they threw things. Oh. To the, yeah. Ricciardi, you ever heard of Ricciardi? Uh, no. Uh, Ricciardi was an insane magician. Ricciardi, um, we saw him at the Village Gate in um in uh new york uh teller and i saw him in about 74 75 so it was not richie jr it was richie uh-huh. and you know uh chris angel yeah uh saw richie or richie jr when he was a child and changed his whole life wow. richie one of the craziest performers ever seen on stage because he his whole thing not his whole thing he had many things but one of the things he did was every prop he threw it off stage as violently and as hard as he could. And it was something to see. He would do a sword box. And every sword he pulled out, he would just throw off stage. And he had stagehands trying desperately to catch all the shit he would throw. Yeah, yeah. And he did a trick where he did a sawing of a, of a woman. It was his daughter that he would saw in half. And it was an open sawing with her stomach visible. And he would cut her open and just guts would spill out. Uh-huh. And then the audience was invited to, um, to file up on stage by her cut open body. Wow. Right. And it was disgusting, heavy, and perfect. And he would end the show by saying, and I guess I'll spare you the, the accent, but the accent was intense. Oh. He, would, he would end the show by going, someone who came by said it was a trick. Of course it was a trick. Was it done well? <laughs> right? That was Ricciardi's wow. big finish. Wow. And they would get stuff from slaughterhouses that was disgusting and just pour out the guts. Ugh. And um, more than once, he cut his daughter's stomach Wow. Fairly badly doing the trick, not bad enough to go to the hospital, wow. but he was his tolerances were so slight that sometimes <laughs> the saw would actually be against her, and supposedly everybody was so afraid of Ricciardi they wouldn't even point it out to him. Wow! But was it done well? But <laughs> not tonight. No, you cut your daughter's stomach open. <laughs> Follow-ups. Fido is only playing in Spain this year. Uh huh. Yes. And the Ricciardis were Peruvian. 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 Wow. Peruvian. Wow. wow. 
Oh, wow. Those weak-stomached Peruvians. <laughs> Do you ever see Ricciardi or Ricciardi Jr.? Not live. Ricciardi Jr., yeah, in, in videos. Ah. In videos. He had the great rhythm and the gestures. And yeah. I don't do it like this. It, would, it was very fiery Yes, magic. yes. Hey, yes. Ah, <laughs> the whole show was, ah, 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 And yes. loud music and throwing shit. Yes. And uh, it was one of those things where the, the act was so perfect that you really believed he did not give a fuck about where he was throwing shit and if anybody could catch it and if it would hurt them. You really believe that. Now, you might have really believed it because it was true. <laughs> there is that possibility. But there were stories of stagehands. He would pick up stuff. You'd say, well, he's done with that prop. He's certainly not going to throw it off stage. But he'd have like a big, <laughs> big box, you know, and all the, you know, you pull the box apart yeah. and each side comes off yeah. and the person like lays that down. Yeah. Ah, throw the whole thing off stage. Those big weird blades for zigzag boxes, right? Just chuck those. Yeah, oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yes. That's not. That's not a problem for Richardi. No, no. That that's the easiest thing to throw ah. off stage. You think the blade's dangerous going into that box? It's much more dangerous going off stage. Yeah. Throwing big heavy things into the wings. That was their gig. That was their. Oh. Gig. Using the internet without ExpressVPN is like passing a note in the class and having the teacher intercept it and read it to everyone. No one else has to know about your secret crush on Stacy's mom. Whatever, you know, just you want your privacy is all I'm trying to say. Internet service providers know every single website you visit. ISPs can sell this information to ad companies and tech giants who then use the data to target you. ExpressVPN is pretty simple. It reroutes your network data through a secure encrypted tunnel so your ISP can't see or sell your online activity. It's really simple to use. Just click it, click it, click it. I'm using it a lot. I'm over in England now. I'm using it a lot in Manchester. So I can just visit stuff like uh, they don't know where I am. That's really good. Rated number one by CNET and Tech radar. I really like how easy it is to use, how it's just automatic, and I like that it gives me that privacy. Protect your online privacy by visiting expressvpn.com slash pen today. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash pen. And you can get an extra three months free, extra three months free, expressvpn.com slash pen. Check it out. Have some privacy. But, you know, Stacy's mom's kind of nice. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. 
So what magicians did you see? I mean, this all is going to come back to Juan Tamaris, but um, who did you see growing up that inspired you to do magic? Well, of course, Juan. Okay, you know. Then we had one called Pepe Carroll. Did you know this one? I've heard the name. Pepe, Pepe Car Carroll. Pepe Carroll, he was a world champion, fishing champion. Mm -hmm. He moved the cards like no one. Mm -hmm. he, had, he, he was like you, very tall. Two meters tall, very long hands, and and he was very close to Tamarit, very mm. very very close to Tamarit, and he was a very shy person, in 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 person very very shy, but Not on one. no, but on stage he was wow greatest, and and he was a great comedian, one liners he did one liners, and he got famous in Spain not for the magic, but because he hosted a show. Um, a joke show, uh -huh. and then they started knowing him. But he was one of the best card magicians ever in the world, Pepe Carro. No, once you say best card magician in Spain, you've said in yeah. the world. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so Pepe Carro, Juan Tamariz, Magic Andreu, another comedy magician. How do you how do you compare Pepe to um, to Danny? Because many people listening saw Danny on Fool yeah. Us and thought that was beyond anything they'd ever yes. seen. It, it was different. For example, Danny does not only does close-up. I mm -hmm. mean, Pepe did more uh, parlor. Mm -hmm. And the stuff Danny does is like uh, count a number, think a card, yeah. and it's all that in that way. And Pepe Carroll was in another. He did a lot of gambling things. Uh, a lot of handling. Yeah, a lot of handling. He did dice. Perfect routine. But he did, for example, the the Chinese rings uh -huh. on stage. And oh he did a lot of comedy. And he was greatest uh, comedian, magician. Now, did you know him? Yeah, two times. Um, and I, I was with him twice. But then he got a depression. He got famous very soon. Well, not so soon, but... Fast? Quickly. Yeah. And then some programs went down and... He got into depression and then he was medicated and and then something happened that I have never seen in a person. I've never told this, but I, I went to a show. We were three magicians. One of them was him. We were taping one thing for TV and we were in the dressing room, the three of us. Mm -hmm. And he was looking at the, at the wall in a corner. Mm -hmm. It was... Like something, we didn't know what was going on. And we went on stage. He was no energy. Mm -hmm. And when they said, okay, now we shoot, suddenly, boom, he came up. Like if you turn on a car, uh -huh. did a perfect show. Perfect show, the funniest man. And then when they said, cut, boom, mm -hmm. again down. I, it was like a transformation. And then he, he died soon. He died soon. Oh. Yeah, very, very soon. And, and it was very impressive for all the magicians in Spain. We, we love him, his legacy, because he was the funniest man, the greatest man. Now, when did you first see him live? I was uh, maybe 18, maybe 16, 17 I, uh, in Castellón, and I saw him live there. And well, how big a place? Uh, it was in in the outside in in the street for oh. maybe three thousand four thousand people. Oh, yeah, it, he, he was great. He was great. 
And then we had Magic Andreu, a, a comedy magician from Barcelona, very funny. And and then we had the those were the the ones we saw when we were kids. And then the other things we saw was Copperfield and mm -hmm. World Greatest Magic. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, that's uh, when there was a special. We saw your bullet catch mm -hmm. there. I think it was there. And David Williams saw bullet. bullet, no bullet catch. Yeah, yeah you, ma magic bullets. He, he always corrects. Correct. Ah, correct. Magic bullet. Yeah. Well, I say bullet catch. Uh, you know why you said that? No, because it's a bullet catch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's the things we we saw, mm -hmm. and and then Juan Tamarit brought to Spain. Uh, he did a series of magicians and he brought the Pendragons, mm -hmm. Titan Bloom, and Mac King. Every magician in Spain loves Mac King because he came to Juan's programs. Mm -hmm. So it's uh, when we. Did Mac perform in English? Yes, but with some words in Spanish. No, he learned. He, he performed in English, but with some uh, sentences in Spanish. Hola, yo soy Mac King. Uh -huh. he, he was all the time saying that. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that were the inspirations we had. And you saw you saw the magicians and said that's kind of what I want to do. It was very strange because um, after school, before going to the high school in that year, uh, you don't have to do things on summer uh -huh. because when you go on school, you have work to do from one course to the other. But that and Juan Tamariz put uh, these magazines in the that you could buy. Where you buy the newspapers in the mm -hmm. kiosk? I don't know how you say. Kiosk is right. Kiosk is right. So, my my parent gave me that, brought bought me that magazine, mm -hmm. and that's how 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 it started there. Did your parents know that you had an interest in? No, they just did it. No, I don't know why. They're just curious. <laughs> I, I don't I don't really know. I don't really know. So mm. that's how it started because people now have YouTube, right? You know the well. So in. We didn't know there were other magicians in the same city. I thought I was the only one in Valencia. <laughs> the, sure. For, for a, a year, I thought I was the only one. And then I saw a, a newspaper article of another magician that said he had a magician school. And I called the newspaper, but they didn't want, they didn't want me. They, I wanted the telephone of uh -huh. that magician. And they said, no, it, we cannot give it to you. But during nine months, I called to get the phone, and then they say, okay, this is the phone. <laughs> <laughs> and I called him. He was Lesmans, Professor Lesmans, and he opened me his house, and wow. And then I went to magic conventions. I, we didn't know there were magic conventions. Mm. So that's what we, how we started. Did, you, did, did anyone in your family ever perform? Anything? No, never, never. You're the only entertainer? Yes, more or less, yes. Yes. What did your dad do? He worked in a bank, uh -huh. and uh, my mother worked for the state. But no, no, I don't. And I was very shy. I'm very shy now, but I was very shy then. I, I didn't speak in public. So, mm -hmm. so, and then I saw. Did you behave in class, or did you, did you ever get sent to the office for being too? No, I was a very good student. In not in university, but <laughs> but before that. School and high school, very good, very good, very good. And in those magazines, there I saw Juan doing the, I think it was the, the Invisible Deck uh -huh. and, and the Triple Coincidence. Mm -hmm. 
And I said, I want to know how that's done. And that was the point, seeing those effects. It's, it was like, I want to do that. So that's how... Those are the first tricks you did? No, I, I, I bought all the magazines thinking he would show how to do those tricks, but he didn't show them. <laughs> so, and the first trick I did is one I invented. I oh, thought really? I thought I had invented. It was the uh, a card stab, huh? but through the deck. I mean, the cards were not in an envelope. They were not on the table. They were. They got a card. They signed it and they put it inside the deck. And I went through the deck. And and when I saw Juan Tamariz for the first time in Barcelona in '93, I it was in a hotel in an elevator, and I. Oh, Juan, and I did this trick for him. Mm -hmm. So I have Juan's Tamariz card with a hole for because, <laughs> and he was there watching a kid doing a whole show for him, saying, ha 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 ha, oh, very nice, very, oh, how. And then I was the happiest man alive because I had fooled Juan Tamariz. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh. When did you feel like? your relationship changed from like student and admirer because you keep bringing up like, and then I was in this show with this guy and then I was in the show and then I was hanging out with Juan. At what point do you feel like you become one of the guys who are the performers are the magic I, guys? I never thought I would perform. Ne I didn't do it to perform. I didn't never, never thought I would be on TV or, or here in Vegas or meet you. It, it's impossible. And maybe that's, why I'm here because I love the process, the, the, the magic. I never thought I would even perform in front of people, but they started, oh, you're a magician or you love, come to this, my kid's party. So that's how I started doing these stupid things. And then in the year 98, I started having other ideas because there I only did kids parties mm -hmm. that I didn't enjoy, but we had money. I had money. But I have crazy ideas or different ideas that you could not do for kids. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember a friend telling him, but why do you want to do these ideas? Because you cannot do them for kids. Mm -hmm. And then I said, that's why. Because I don't want to do them for kids. <laughs> so in 98, it was when my mind changed in a different direction. It's, I could be getting easy money that's the kids' shows, because you have a lot. Or start losing money <laughs> <laughs> and investing in other stupid things. And that's how how I think those Where, years. When do you first do a show for adults? I I, I don't remember, because I did that. I don't remember. Uh, uh, I don't know. It's been, like, it has been a process. You know, it's it's mm -hmm. not that date that you do the show because in the comedy circle, in the magic circle, there, I started doing some bits, some things. But you were you're you actually did more as a comedy writer than as a magician, right? I mean, didn't you? Yeah, but I was magician first and mm -hmm. did only cards. I mm -hmm. did all the magic competitions. I won some prizes, so they started knowing me. Magicians, I went some for some conventions. And I did comedy, com magic, magic, magic. But when I entered the Lormiguero, for example, or mm -hmm. Nada Por Aquí, I did magic, three seasons of magic. But then when I went to the Anhill, the Lormiguero, I didn't do magic at the beginning. I was writing. And how'd you get that gig as a writer? 
Because he, you know, he was the writer on like yeah. the Tonight Show. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was very strange. I, I loved, I love stand up. Mm -hmm. I performed stand up, but in Spain, I couldn't find anything about stand up magic. No books. So I started buying them. Stand up magic or stand up? Stand up comedy. comedy. Sorry, stand up comedy. I I started buying them by eBay mm -hmm. because I didn't. Amazon was not at that time. Mm -hmm. And and I bought a book that changed my life. It's uh, Judy Carter's stand-up comedy, the book. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you have known it. For me, it's the best mm -hmm. book ever written of stand-up comedy. And there was an because I wanted to know how to write jokes. Mm -hmm. I did jokes, but I didn't know how. You to. You know, uh, Drew Carey Drew got, Car got got a book on how to write jokes. Ah. and and learn from a book how to write jokes. I think it was that book. Ah. Yeah. This book is the is the is the best, and I wanted to know how. And this book was incredible because you you read things you already knew, mm -hmm. and you read new things you never had thought of. And there was an exercise that said uh, you need to create muscle, you the habit mm -hmm. of writing. So the the joke is set up punchline. So every day, get the setups will be the the news, the headlines of the news, and you put the punchlines. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I, to myself, I said I'm going to do this exercise thirty days, twenty jokes a day. Yeah. So I did in a month six hundred jokes, and it was very hard because I didn't know. But then it was pretty good, and something funny happened. At that time. I, I was doing magic in pubs or small clubs, uh, mm -hmm. you know, and a friend uh, brought the host of the of what what was going to be the hormiguero, mm -hmm. brought it to to this place, and it was a horrible show, horrible <laughs> show. It's probably my worst show ever. The bad audience, hecklers. I did a bad show, but the host Pablo, he. He loved me uh, fighting <laughs> because uh, uh, he loved that I fought until the end. Mm -hmm. you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's what I always... Uh, David it, Spade, they started liking him at the LA comedy clubs even when he was bad, but they said that he was so funny when he was bombing, like he, <laughs> when he was commenting on his terrible jokes and stuff <laughs> like that, that I, the comedians just loved that. I, I always... Uh, I know I'm doing a bad show, but I continue until the end. <laughs> Nor normally, it doesn't go better. <laughs> Sometimes a little, but I don't say, okay, uh, I, I fight. And he loved that, and we started doing things. But because it's two stories that interconnect. And the late show in Spain was Buena Fuente. Buena Fuente is a very good comedian. He was the host, like Johnny Carson. Mm -hmm. And they were looking for someone to write one-liners of the news. Mm -hmm. So they called Pablo, and he said, I don't have a writer, but I know this guy, me, that is writing jokes and sending them to me because I wrote the, book, then the jokes and sent them to Pablo, and he, he was on the radio, and some of them he said them on the radio. And he said, well, he's doing them for... Because he wants. So they called me, Buena Fuente, and I said, okay, tomorrow I send you jokes. 
and I had 600 jokes. <laughs> yeah, that's, this, that's the book. That's the book. <laughs> yeah. Freddie Rich just put this in my hand. Wow. Judy Carter's stand up comedy, the book. How to tell if you're funny, take the funny test. How to turn off your anxieties into a killer act. Uh, how to make sense of humor pay off. Plus, secrets from the stars of comedy. Wow. That's so, the book chain. So they call me and I say, okay, sure, tomorrow I send you jokes. So from the 600 jokes I had, I got the best 67 jokes mm -hmm. or the only jokes, I good jokes, mm -hmm. and I send them next morning. So when they receive the material, they say, wow, this is great. He did this in one night. <laughs> <laughs> so they booked me. Oh, and, wow. Yeah, they booked me and uh, I was one year writing for this late night. And then the hormiguero started and I went to the hormiguero. And you just walked into the writer's room? Yes. Yes, that, that's it. But they... How many writers were on the show? I don't know, 12 uh, okay. men. Because were you, there was... Were you confident? Were you like, great, I got hired, I can do this? Or were you like... No, never. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not even in full as confident. I, I'm, <laughs> I never... I, I always, there's a line, I'm always on the line, you know? <laughs> I don't know which side of the line I am. I always do things I don't know how to do. Mm-hmm. That that's what I do. Yeah, well, that's uh, you know that's what they'll they'll find will is one of the big indicators of success is getting out of that I don't know. That comfort zone. So sometimes uh, I don't know I don't know. So I just do it. <laughs> and when you get twelve now, when you write uh, when you're writing for Letterman, I've known a lot of people that write for Letterman. They would write. I mean, this is back thirty years ago. They would write a hundred jokes a day. Mm -hmm. Always had to turn in a hundred jokes. And out of that, Letterman would maybe do two or three. Yeah. What was your ratio? About the same on that? Look, uh, when when I was in Buena Fuente, the, like Johnny Carson, mm -hmm. one year, it was horrible because I was the only writer at home. The other were there. Oh, you didn't go into the, you didn't go into the office? That, that, that the first year with Buena Fuente, no. So I wrote and sent. And then saw the program, no jokes. Oh. The next day, no jokes. The next day, one joke. So I thought during a whole year they were going to fire me mm -hmm. because so I called and say, is something wrong? You are not doing my joke. Oh no, we love them. We love them. Then why do, don't you say them? So, <laughs> so I spent, and then in the three months, I was three months, they say it was a three months period. And then if you do it well, a whole year, yep. they called me and I I sure thought they were firing me, mm -hmm. and they, they say, we want you to continue, and we are going to pay you the double. There you go. Wow. Yeah. So they're not using your jokes, but they like having them no, around. No, it was, uh, and then someday two jokes, someday three jokes, and I don't, I don't. Well, that's, that's the thing, Matt. That's the thing that's so mind-blowing about shows like Letterman. Yeah. Yeah. You write 100 a day, it's... and the most successful guy is getting three on. Yes. Uh, so... You, no one gets more than three. No, no. I know. I uh, Years ago, I was very lucky. Lisa Lampanelli mm -hmm. hired me to go through a, a whole act. And I wrote, I think, 80 jokes. And she used six and said I did an amazing job. Mm -hmm. Yes, it, but you you go down psychologically. Yeah. Because it's... It's still failure. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's You write jokes for the bin. You write mm -hmm. a joke and you throw it. Directly, you you don't know, you don't know, you don't know. So uh, that's my feeling since then. 
Dar Taito no if I'm doing and good you, or bad. And you moved into uh, the anthill. Yes. But then you were in the writer's room, right? Yes. I and was you were the, running the writer's room. I was the script director. I don't know. Yeah. You, so you, went to, you became the guy who approves of other people's jokes. Yes. But at the beginning, we had the, we did the news and headlines and monologue. And at the beginning, the first years, we had to read them all, select. So it, it, we wrote some, some, but it was not so much writing. It was more... Uh, Editing. Yeah. Uh, this yes, this no. And you had to think what would work. Mm -hmm. So that's what I really do now. Think what will work. On TV, on Fulas, on whatever, on stage. How did you judge success on the end hill? Uh, as good writing, bad writing, and things that worked, things that didn't work. Was there critics? Did you? Was there a live audience? How did it work? No, it always went well at the beginning, less, but now it's very successful. The success is if it's in the air, it's successful. <laughs> <laughs> That's what matters. That's what matters. And uh, you to choose material. It's what you think will fit mm -hmm. in that because you've seen it. And it's like an instinct. I don't know how to... Or, sure, I mean, it's, it's, your experience. it's, it's a big mystery, yeah, mystery for everybody. Yeah. I, mean, uh, I, I mean, Eddie Gordetsky, I mean, I don't know how you would get a bad joke out of Eddie, but he would write 100 a day and a lot of them would turn down 98 of them. Yeah. You know. Uh, you know. I, I don't know, but it happens in magic also. Sure, yeah. You think of an idea and then I, I just visualize. I visualize my, myself doing it. And that mm -hmm. helps me a lot to throw mm -hmm. everything. Well, you know, Woody Allen, uh, who wrote for, uh, he wrote for Carson, I think. Um, he said that when he started writing for himself, he said that uh, it was a whole different thing. He said he would turn in 50 jokes for Johnny Carson. And out of those 50, maybe one. <laughs> he was very, very careful with his own stuff. He turned stuff in much quicker for other people. Yeah. So, you know, that Woody Allen nightclub years, that first stand-up record that Woody Allen, before the film director, any of that mm. shit, is an astonishing, astonishing record. Have you ever heard that? I've I've bought by eBay at that time many. I don't know which one is the first. No, uh, the, the, there's, yes. a, there's a record called the Nightclub Years. No, that is a comp no compilation two record set that came out. That he is amazing. But you've heard what he do stand up? Yes, yes, and and because I I collect all the things I found of stand up. I have, for example, the magazines when 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 Johnny Carson left mm -hmm. and there was a battle. Uh -huh. To see if it was Letterman or Jay Leno, uh, yep. I have bought. I have original magazines from those years. Oh yeah, yeah, I have them, and I bought this. Have you seen this movie, The Late Shift? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I I found it and bought it. So I I buy every every uh, film on stand-up comedians. So mm -hmm. I have a. a there is even a film of Tom Hanks doing stand-up mm -hmm. comedy. I have it there with Sally Field. I think. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have it. So I I love that 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 world. I that's I don't know what the question was, but this. <laughs> but you answered it fine. I sound yes, yes, yes. Anyway, we're going to talk more to Hondro on the next show. But for right now, that was Penn Sunday School. That was Penn Sunday School. Cha cha cha. You become naked.
what, now, we're going to talk more like how much stand-up you did without magic. Oh, hey. We'll talk about that next Time to learn stand up there, Matt. Yeah, I'm just reading a couple of things here. Set up normal, punchline, loony. Information, hostile reaction. And you know, we love you. Hey, Matt Donald, you anybody to thank? I do. I want to thank the people who support us over at Patreon.com. In fact, these people are at a higher tier and get signed postcards from Penn every month. I do those. Yeah. And what that thing is you see underneath my name, that's a peace sign because sometimes you can't tell. <laughs> these people are. Will Jason, it's a callback to the one of our Gilbert episodes. David, I want to finger your cunt Brenner, Omar Rivera, Mason Gooch, Sagebrush, Luke Mellon, Eileen Hunter, Jason Andrew Davidson, Peter B. Clark, Matt Williams, Tom Bonerofice McQueen, Soapy Fresh, Dan Griffith, Brad Sherlag, Mike Cavanaugh, Rafiki, Steve Feldman, Jonathan P., and NewRuleFX.com. Thank you. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.